Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket, and this is episode number 22. So this week, Davius is out of town. He's on a family vacation, so I'm going to be flying solo for this episode. Um, so, you know, I was thinking it was going to be a shorter episode because of that, but it turns out this has actually been a pretty busy week as far as uh, news and announcements and stuff like that goes. So we actually do have quite a bit to get into, so hopefully I can just hang in there on my own and get through it all. So on Wednesday, um, Bethesda did a, a live stream. Um, where they just previewed uh, the quarter three DLC uh, content that's going to be coming out. Uh, so I'll put a link to this in the description. If you want to check this out, you can. Uh, but this is a typical uh, Q3 uh, DLC pack. So it's a two dungeon pack. Um, and it's going to continue the Dark Heart of Skyrim storyline that we're getting you know, for the entire year here. So this is just the next uh, installment of that. Um, this will be included with ESO Plus. Even if you don't own Greymore, you'll still be able to access these dungeons and all of that as long as you have ESO Plus. Um, and just some notes that I took while watching uh, the live stream. Um, so a few things. Uh, the names of the dungeons, one is called Stone Garden, and that's going to be in Blackreach. Uh, the other one's called uh, Castle Thorn. That's going to be in Greymore. Uh, they also said there's going to be a bunch of performance updates, like always. Uh, and they're also continuing to focus on um, updating item sets. Uh, this sound, sounded like mostly they were interested in um, changing sets so that they're, they perform better, so that the server can handle them better. Not so much about balance, although that may be some factor uh, in some of these changes that they're making, but it, they made it sound like performance was their main uh, motivator, motivator there. There's also going to be some new stuff for housing in this next patch. Uh, and I, kind of, I wish Davius was here because this sounds. This is something that he and I have actually talked about. We thought would be really cool, and um, and they're they're adding it now. So um, character pathing in housing. So they're going to uh, add a tool that allows players to create a path for pets and mounts and assistants to follow in your house. Uh, and they made it sound like there's a whole bunch of options. Like you can put them on a loop or just like a back and forth thing or. I think you can like program multiple like stopping points for them and stuff like that. They didn't get into a lot of detail, but it uh, it sounds really cool and just like another way to add some life to your house. You know, I wish that they would uh, let us have like the basic um, merchants, like the uh, the blacksmith, woodworker, uh, clothier, uh, an alchemist, uh, an enchanter. All all those uh, people. I, I I would love to have. Uh, a player housing version of those people that could live in your house. Uh, you can buy all the, like the standard rune stones and all that kind of stuff from them. Um, that would be, that'd be really cool. Um, and then they also talked about um, related to housing. There's going to be a new type of NPC uh, that they call uh, a house guest. Um, and they didn't really give us a lot of details, but it sounds like the whole purpose of these NPCs is just to live in your house uh, and just, again, just add a bit more life to that space, but I don't think they actually do anything. Like, I don't think they're merchants or I don't think you can really interact with them in any way, but they're just there. Maybe, you know, maybe they're one of your uh, helpers that are helping you, uh, you know, maintain your, your mansion or whatever. <laughs> um, they also reminded us that um, the, the, the PTS for this patch goes up this coming Monday. So if you're listening to this podcast, as soon as it comes out, then basically... 24 hours from now, um, PTS will go live, and I'm pretty sure all players have access uh, to, to this PTS cycle. So if you want to, uh, you can jump in there and start checking this stuff out right away, start testing things, giving feedback. 
Um, another thing they mentioned, there's going to be a new type of mount, a brand new type of mount added to the game this, uh, this patch. And it's basically uh, a tandem mount. Uh, you can have two players uh, on, on one single mount. And um, they said that you have to be grouped up with that player. Uh, so you invite them to group. And then I guess if you have this certain mount, like you can, you can summon it. And um, I'm guessing it's you know, the player, it's kind of like activating a synergy, like the other player will be able to walk up interact with it in some way and then and then mount them out that seems pretty cool i thought that would be really really nice if you're maybe you just got a friend into the game like maybe like like me i've been playing a long time and occasionally i'll convince a friend to jump in and play with me and we'll do stuff together um, but of course my mount is fully leveled because i've been playing a long time uh, and theirs is brand new so they're super super slow and if we're like out in cyrodiil or something you know it can be a real pain just to kind of try to keep up with each other so this could be cool, you know, I could get one of these tandem mounts uh, and just say, hey, jump on the back, I'm fully, I'm fully leveled here, we're going to get there fast. Um, and they don't have to have a fully leveled mount. So I, I think that's a really cool thing. So after that, they kind of got into these new dungeons a little bit and just gave us a bit of a preview. They didn't dive um, like really deep on mechanics and stuff like that. They just kind of were giving us a sense of the vibe and that kind of thing. So um, Castle Thorn, this one is a very gothic, very vampire kind of vibe going on here. I think it looks really, really cool. And it, just from what I was seeing on the stream, it seems like they really uh, nailed that kind of aesthetic very, very nicely. Um, they give us some of the kind of basic story set up, like what kind of why you're there and that sort of thing. Uh, and just a quick, uh, just a quick walkthrough. They just kind of went through the dungeon. They had all the developer cheats turned on and stuff, so, so they weren't actually going through the fights or anything. They were just kind of showing you what the environment looks like, showing what the different enemy types looks like, and stuff like that. There were no um, like boss mechanic demonstrations or anything like that. Uh, they kept saying they want players to figure that out on their own, um, but they were just kind of showing it off, and it looked really cool. Um, they also uh, made a point to um, point out the the costuming of some of the NPC enemies. It seemed like they wanted to focus on that for a minute. And I wonder if that's like a hint that that's maybe a, a new motif style that we can expect to have access to as players. Um, there's going to be a skin that you can earn whenever you uh, complete this dungeon. I think just you just have to complete it on Veteran is all you have to do to get the skin. Uh, and they said for a normal run, of course, it depends on uh, skill level and stuff like that. Uh, but they said it should typically take 30 to 45 minutes uh, to, to clear the dungeon beginning to end. So it seems like kind of a, a typical like middle of the road uh, kind of DLC dungeon in terms of difficulty. They showed another thing as far as um, how, how you activate hard mode in dungeons going forward. Um, there's just a new kind of... Um, mechanism for for um, activating hard mode instead of instead of having a scroll that you read now um, there's like this brazier that you light and then that um, that brazier will summon like a, a really huge bright glowing banner that's really easy to see no matter where you are in the arena uh, you can look over there and just easily see yep hard modes enabled or no it isn't uh, and it's a toggle too so you can turn it on and off on and off uh, you know as long as the fight hasn't started yet um, so, you know, you can say, yeah, let's activate hard mode. And then if someone in group says, hey, no, I don't want to do hard mode, you can just turn it right back off. Uh, no big deal. You don't have to wipe and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, they said going forward, this is going to be how they, they do hard mode in, uh, in dungeons from now on. Um, but as far as existing dungeons, they said that there's some complications there. They can't just like flip a switch and this, this new thing is added to all those dungeons. 
They're going to have to take those on a case-by-case basis, and they may or may not be able to, to change um, every dungeon. So they're going to add this new hard mode mechanic um, to the dungeons that they can, but they may not be able to change all of them. So some of them might just have to stay with the old uh, scroll kind of method. Um, and then the Stone Garden dungeon, they got into that one a little bit. So this one's a little more uh, werewolf themed, and it's a bit more of a natural setting. So it's not a it's not a castle. It's a kind of a you're you're underground. It's under um, it's in Blackreach, and you're seeing all these glowing plants and rocks and lava and stuff like that. Um, they said there's lots of secrets to discover in this dungeon, and I don't know they didn't get any more specific than that, but I guess there's some secrets in there. Um, and this one's unique, and this, they said this is the first time uh, that they've done this in a dungeon. Uh, each individual boss in this dungeon has their own hard mode. Um, so I think there's three total um, like main bosses in that dungeon, so you can potentially do hard mode on all three of them, or just one, or just two of them. Uh, funny enough, they didn't mention what you get for you know, doing one, two, or three hard mode bosses. Uh, and even someone on the live stream, like one of the people in chat asked, and they didn't, they didn't know. They didn't have the answer. Um, so I guess there's just a, a funny oversight during the live stream. They just didn't have that info uh, available. But surely you get something additional, uh, you know, depending on how, how many hard mode uh, boss fights you do in this dungeon. And um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that they did this with just one of the new dungeons. But the, the other new dungeon, you know, it's just the final boss is the only hard mode fight in that one. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And I wonder going forward if this is just kind of an experiment and they're maybe going to see, do we want to do this for all dungeons from now on or not? Uh, or maybe this, this will just be one unique dungeon. Um, so anyway, they didn't really get into uh, much of the new armor sets. We're going to find that out in the patch notes on Monday, but they did show off a couple. Um, so one of the new monster sets is called uh, Lady Thorn's Guys. Uh, and the two-piece uh, bonus for this, when you cast an ability that costs health, you spawn a blood ball for 10 seconds, and that can happen every 10 seconds. Um, and then that blood ball provides a synergy that you or an ally can activate. And then that synergy deals 11,000 disease damage to nearby enemies. It doesn't say how big of a radius. Plus it applies major maim for 5 seconds. And major maim, uh, that reduces their damage by 30%. Um, and it says enemies can only get Major Maim from this set once every 30 seconds. So they can get Major Maim from some other source, but they can only get it from this set once every 30 seconds. Um, this seems like it could be uh, interesting on a Magic and Necromancer. You know, they have that AoE um, graveyard ability where they can activate their own synergy. Um, you know, and this is another thing that allows you to activate your own synergy. So, I don't know, it seems like it would kind of fit that theme fairly nicely. Um, and then uh, they showed off one of the five-piece sets. Uh, this one's called Arcasis's Genius. <laughs> it's, a, it's a heavy tanking set. Uh, and then the five-piece bonus, when you drink a potion, you and up to three group members get 44 ultimate, and that can happen every 30 seconds. So pretty simple, pretty basic, but I think that's pretty cool, actually. Just a way, just every time you chug a potion, you and three group members get 44 ultimate. Seems pretty good. Uh, they did say that there are no new uh, additions to Antiquities, and then um, they gave us just a quick little um, you know, nugget of what the Q4 DLC is going to be. It's going to be called Dark Storm, uh, and the prologue to that DLC is going to be available um, on this PTS cycle. So you'll be able to kind of get a little taste of that uh, here pretty soon. 
Um, and if if the past pattern continues, that Q4 DLC is going to be mostly um, story content, probably a new zone, um, and probably not a lot of PVE content. Although it could happen, like with Merkmire, we got the um, the Black Rose Prison. Um, but then with Southern Elsewhere, which was last year's uh, Q4 DLC, uh, there was no PVE, um, you know, dungeons or arenas or anything like that at all. It was just the story content and nothing else, which I thought it was really, really good. Um, but that was something that some players complained about. So I hope that we at least get an arena or something like that with this Q4 DLC coming up. So that's kind of all the notes I took over that live stream. And they did also release a... Um, uh, a press release uh, called Stonethorn and Update 27 Preview, which is basically just a concise written version of that live stream. It just covers pretty much the same exact info, but if you want to see it in a, in a nice, simple written format, uh, you, can, you can see that there. So I'll put a link to that in the description. Another thing, this is a forum discussion created by one of the developers. Um, the name of the discussion is Update 27 Combat Preview, and I'll put a link to this in the description as well. Um, they don't give us a lot of details of exactly what these changes are going to be. I expect, you know, on Monday's PTS patch notes, we're going to get all those details. They just kind of give us an overview of what their goals are and a, and a general sense of, of how they're approaching it. Um, and they, right off the bat, they tell us these are proposed changes and, you know, anything could happen over the course of PTS. So I think they're just kind of telling us like, hey, don't get up in arms right away. Uh, these are just proposed changes. And they say some of the changes they're making are uh, for performance reasons and others are for balance reasons. And they give us uh, some examples. Um, so uh, a performance-related example, uh, the, set, um, the armor set Trial by Fire, they say that that set's no longer going to grant resistance to a, unique, to a unique type of damage category, such as flame or poison, poison damage. Uh, but instead, it's just going to grant you armor while you're under the effects of any elemental status effect. So um, if, you're, if you have burning or poisoned or the chilled status effect, anything like that, you just get an armor buff, um, just a regular armor buff. It's not specific to that particular damage type. And, and apparently that's, gonna, that's just something that's easier for the server to handle. It doesn't have to, I guess, do as much math or something like that. So that's a performance-related example. Uh, and then a balance-related example they give is uh, Armor of the Veiled Heritance, which this is one that needs some attention. I don't know if this is going to be enough or not, but um, they say that this set is now going to grant 516 weapon damage whenever it procs, up from 400. Um, and then it will also permanently increase the damage of your bash attacks by 516. So I don't know if that's going to be enough. I think most people's issue with this set is the way that you proc it. So you have to interrupt someone in order to get that uh, that weapon damage buff. And, you know, the thing is, in both PvE and PvP, like the the number of times you actually have the opportunity to, to interrupt someone are so seldom. I mean, it does happen sometimes, but it's there's no way you're going to be able to rely on that to guarantee that you're going to have this uh, this weapon damage buff. You know, even if... Even if the buff is a thousand weapon damage, you know, maybe that would be enough to make it worthwhile, but I don't know, because still, even then, like, there may be fights where you hardly have that buff active at all, I imagine. So, uh, it's cool that they're getting, that that set's getting some attention. I think it's much needed, but uh, I, I think really what needs to happen there is they need to change the way that this set gets brocked. They also say that each class will be receiving some minor adjustments based on the needs for performance adjustments, feedback received, uh, or emergent concerns over the past year. Uh, and they give one example, the, the Necromancer's Grave Grasp ability. They, uh, they say that 
based on their reports, this is the, the least used skill in the Necromancer skill line. Uh, so they're going to buff it a little bit so that each of the three circles that it summons will have, uh, an, have escalating values of crowd control, starting from a snare, uh, going to a stun. So the third circle will actually stun um, someone who's, who's standing in it. Uh, another change they're making is they're moving uh, Vigor from the Assault skill line to the very first slot. Uh, so simply competing, uh, simply completing the Intro to Cyrodiil quest unlocks the skill. So uh, I think a lot of players are going to be happy about this because you don't actually have to engage in any PvP uh, at all uh, to unlock this very, very valuable skill. For most stamina builds, this is not an optional skill. You have to have it. Um, so, you know, that one bummer is that's going to bump Rapids down so that you don't unlock that as easily. Because that used to be the case for Rapids, right? You just do the uh, the intro to Cyrodiil quest and now you have Rapids. So your, your low-level character, your brand-new low-level character, for example, who has a, a brand-new mount that's not very fast, you can at least just go get Rapids really quick and you can get around somewhat quickly. Uh, so now you're actually going to have to engage in a bit of PvP to get Rapids unlocked. But I don't know. Probably, probably a good trade, you know, being able to unlock Vigor really quickly like that. I think probably a lot of players, especially PvE players, will probably be pleased about that. We also get a, an official forum discussion um, for the game performance improvement preview uh, for, for, this, for this patch coming up. So they just give us a general overview of some of the things that they're going to be doing uh, related to performance with this patch. Um, they say they're going to be experimenting with some things about how AOE abilities work. Um, they're going to be doing some tests on the live server going forward. So I guess we can uh, look forward to seeing some actual testing happening in the live game here pretty soon. They said that they're continuing to revamp all item sets. Um, so I guess every single item set in the game eventually is going to be touched at some point. Um, and then they're continuing to, uh, to address things like memory leaks. Um, physics issues, trial performance, um, and unexpected loading screens, and some group finder issues as well. And the only other news this week is uh, Mid-Year Mayhem is now over. So I think this was one of the best Mid-Year Mayhems in quite a while, and I think the number one reason for that is performance was pretty good. Uh, we talked about this on the last episode, um, but I think this is something that took a lot of people by surprise, that you know, we had all these multiple campaigns opened up. Every single one of them were pop-locked, and you would get in there, and there's these huge, like, 50 v 50 fights, you know, these huge fights. And, you know, there were some stutters here and there, but the it was absolutely playable for the vast majority of the time. Um, and so, you know, this event happening is pulling a lot of people into PvP, plus... Um, this new antiquity system was already something that was pulling more and more players into PvP also. So I think those two things combined, plus the performance was was up to it. It's just one of the best PvP events we've had in a really, really long time. Just a lot of players getting getting in there, dipping their toes into PvP, and seeming to enjoy it. You know, I, I hope that I hope we have a good number of players that now that this event is over, they had a good enough time where they're thinking, you know what, maybe I'm gonna hang out in PvP from now on. So this week I have not been playing uh, as much as usual. Um, Davius has been out of town the past couple of weeks, uh, and I've used it as an opportunity to kind of catch up on some things, um, you know, in my personal life as well. Um, you know, it's good to take a break. I play this game a lot, uh, so you know, it's good to take a break once in a while and come back to it fresh. Um, and I'm, I definitely am feeling that itch to get back in and, and kind of get back to my normal uh, Elder Scrolls routine, uh, and I plan to do that 
this next week, and we're going to be back to, to business as usual on the next episode. Um, but I did play some this week, and um, here is what I've been up to. So I've been, um, I've been spending some more time on my old Magicka Nightblade, and this was my original PVE main. Back when Magblades dominated PVE, uh, this was my main guy. Um, but, you know, ever since I transitioned uh, to, to PvP and focusing kind of most of my efforts on that, I've, I've pretty much been maining a Stamplar ever since then. And I've gotten into a lot of other characters as well, and really Magblade has become one of my least favorite characters to play with, uh, in PvP anyway. But, you know, I've, I've had a lot more PvP experience now, and a lot better than I used to be, so I wanted to revisit this guy and just see, just see what I can do. Maybe I can, maybe I can be good with a Magblade now. Um, so I just, he has a pretty standard setup. He has an Ancient Dragon Guard with Lich on the back bar and a Master's Fire Staff on the front bar. And I've been experimenting with different monster sets. Um, I'm not really decided on one yet, but that's the, that's the basic setup. Um, I did a bunch of BGs. That's usually how I test builds, just because it's easy to get into a whole bunch of fights and just kind of see how, you're, how effective you can be right away. You know, I kind of drew the same conclusion that I always do when I play with a Magblade in, in Battlegrounds, which, uh, which is it's hard to get great results with a Magblade uh, in Battlegrounds, at least by team deathmatch standards, you know, where it's all about kill counts uh, and that sort of thing. I, I feel like the Magblade just doesn't have the toolkit that other classes have to rack up those, those big kill counts the way other classes do. Now, of course, there are exceptions. You know, you're, you, you see amazing Magblades out there um, once in a while. Um, but I always say the same thing about uh, about those uh, those players. That's probably a, an elite player, uh, and I just imagine what they could do, say, on a Magsork, um, you know. Or if they're not an elite player, then probably they're just farming inexperienced players, and so it seems like they're really good. And again, what if that player was a Magsork? How much more effective would they be at farming those inexperienced players? I think probably a lot more. Um, so I just, I just don't think it's a fantastic class for, for deathmatch anyway. Um, uh, you know, as long as there's noobs around, it's fun. But as soon as there's like good players that you have to go up against it, I just feel like the toolkit really is lacking. Um, so, you know, I definitely feel like Magblade is most at home in Cyrodiil. That's always the conclusion that I come to. And I, I have been doing quite a bit of Cyrodiil lately as well. Um, and what's nice about Cyrodiil is I think you're kind of you're evaluating your effectiveness based on different metrics, right? There's no kill counts. You're not looking at a kill score at the end or anything like that. So, um, you know, that's not as important. The, the number of kills that you get really isn't uh, as important. It's really just more about, are you getting into good fights? Are you having good experiences uh, and things like that? Uh, and also, like, Cyrodiil, compared to Imperial City, you know, there's not all these mobs to be dealing with, uh, and there's not AoE to be dealing with. You know, especially in the sewers uh, underground, there's all these closed, confined spaces, and that's that's the enemy of a Nightblade, you know, because you're going to be pulled out of stealth really easily in a situation like that. So, you know, every time I get the the feeling that I want to go and, and play with uh, a Nightblade again, especially a Magblade, um, I always very strongly get pulled towards Cyrodiil, because I feel like that's the only place where I'm really having a good time, and my my skill set is um, being put to good use, and I and I have everything I need to be successful there. I don't know. May, my my battlegrounds testing with magblades might be finished at this point. I might just be concluding that magblades just aren't great in battlegrounds, and I just need to play with with them and Cyrodiil, and that's it. That's kind of where I'm at. 
Also been playing a lot more on my Magicka Warden. Uh, just a reminder, I'm using Mighty Chudan, Hades Hearth, and Spell Power Cure. That's definitely the setup that I'm, that I'm going to be sticking with. Uh, currently, she's using 7 M-Pen with the Atronach Mundus Stone for extra uh, Magicka recovery. Uh, and then the jewelry uh, is one infused with a recovery glyph, uh, and then I have two damage glyphs. Um, I'm going to keep everything the same, except I am planning to uh, make a couple of small changes. Um, so for one, I'm going to switch to four divines instead of seven M-Pen. So it'll be four divines, three M-Pen. And remember, we have um, base crit resist this patch. So uh, even with just three M-Pen, we'll still have the same amount of crit resist as we had with seven M-Pen last patch. So that four divines is going to buff up my recovery Mundus, um, and I think I'm already kind of over-sustaining with this character. She's a Breton, uh, and she has, like, unbuffed her magical recovery is like 2,000, which I think is pretty high. Like, I never even come close to running out of Magicka. Um, so uh, that divines is going to buff up my, uh, my recovery Mundus a little bit to give me even more recovery. So I think what I'm going to do is drop that recovery glyph um, off of my jewelry and just go all damage glyphs on the jewels. So that'll bring me a little bit lower than the recovery that I have right now, but I think it's still going to overall be plenty uh, of recovery uh, because I'm a Breton, and like I said, I think I'm already over-sustaining a little bit. Um, so I'll have a little bit of extra damage, plus the heals will be a bit stronger as well because I have that extra spell power. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's that's what's happened with that. I'm still waiting on Transmute Stones. I have like this build and my uh, Stamina Necromancer <laughs> that are basically just kind of sitting and waiting for me to get my Transmute Stones at the end of the um, the Cyrodiil campaigns. Um, so that's coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, and that's pretty much all I've been up to this week. I guess it is going to be a shorter episode after all. I felt like I had a lot to talk about, but I guess I... I underestimated the effect of not having another person here. I got through that stuff pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a, a short episode as expected after all. Um, like I said, next week Davies is going to be back. Uh, this is going to be a big week. We have a PTS uh, coming up this week, so we're going to have a ton to talk about. Uh, so our next episode is probably going to be a pretty long one, so uh, get ready for that. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can email us at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrollin with an I-N, no G, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. You can also contact us in-game. I'm at Ketsparrowhawk. Davius is at Starjumper. I think we're going to call it an episode right there. Tune in next time, and we'll see you then.